Hey there, my name is Eric Cawthorn. I'm the Biblical Bourbon Freak, and I just want to thank you for finding your way here. I want to thank God that you found your way here and that you're alive today. And I know there's not any sort of schedule with this podcast yet, let alone a consistent one, but I promise that's in the works and I'm going to have one. Today's going to be a little bit of a whiskey tasting episode to make up for the name of the podcast, but not living up to that considering that I went a little bit dry for a few weeks leading up to the Arnold or the North American Open Series 1 for USA Weightlifting, which was last weekend on March 6th, 2022. And now we're in the middle of Lent, so I figured I'd be able to give a touch-up on that. Not a touch-up, but just some words about the first few weeks that I've had, as well as my hopes and desires for Lent. To start with, I just want to introduce the three whiskeys I'm having today. You'll have seen two of them on my Instagram at the Biblical Bourbon Freak already, which were the Wise Man by Kentucky Owl and Rabbit Hole Cave Hill. And then there's a third one that I'm drinking. It is the Blackened blend of whiskeys finished in brandy casks. And two of them are just straight bourbons. And then the Blackened is a blend of whiskeys but the reason I chose these three was because they're all around the same-ish proof point, which is 96, 98-ish, so about 46% alcohol. And the reason I like that is there's roughly 40 days, there's 40 days in Lent, but that translates to like 46 with Sundays that are left out. So I wanted to choose three whiskeys that were about the same proof, which brought us to these. Again, that's the blackened which is a collaboration with Metallica and uh, deceased master distiller Dave Pickerel. So I found that just at a liquor store one time, thought the bottle looked cool, then read what it really was, and I was pretty intrigued, so I picked up the bottle. I'm not super impressed with it. I'm drinking Batch 117, and it's not the first time that I've had this, and I've also had the Cave Hill before. This is also just an excuse for me to taste my wise man pickup, but I've had a couple pours of the blackened, so bear with me while I taste this one. It's definitely sweet, which I like, but it's not a very bold flavor. I guess I'm not expecting it to burn at such a low proof, but there's not enough burn for me. I can't really pick up on very many flavors besides like a weak vanilla, honey, and licorice scents. And so as I continue to sip that, get some more tastings out there, or I guess tasting notes out there, I just want to talk about how the Arnold went for me. So I'm feeling as strong as I've ever felt in the Olympic lifts heading into it. I competed at 102. I ended up being in the C session based on entry total and birth year, but that was pretty apt. I did, at best, I would rate myself as like a D if it was a grading scale in school or something. Granted, my competition strategy is a little bit bold. I try and open at or very, very close to my maxes on the snatch and the clean and jerk because I figure I'd rather have two opportunities to set a PR rather than just one. 
And so with the snatch, I opened at 112, which is three below my all-time PR, but I figured I would make that. My best was 115. I hit that about six months prior. And the snatch has been a struggle in training lately. I definitely have a lot of work to do on that. But I figured, okay, I can open at 112, make that, and then I got a little bit of breathing room if I want to really push it or if I just want to hit 116 and then maybe 120 right after that. But either way, my ultimate goal was 125. I missed my opener at 112, but to buy myself a little more than just a two-minute clock, we bumped to 113. Missed the second, so at this point I was getting nervous. Stayed at 113. There were a couple of attempts to follow that, so I had an extra long rest which was made even longer, and thank God he's okay. Genuinely, I'm glad he was able to walk away. One of the other competitors, I'm not going to mention his name, you can see it on the replay if you go and find that, but he dropped the barbell on his back as he was already propped on the ground, so he had nowhere for him, like his body to go. So the bar basically crushed his back and spine, into the ground again he stood up and walked away but boy that was scary i managed to come out after that i was the next attempt made my third attempt on snatch at 113 which for you american fellers that's about 250 pounds i'd like to think i made that 113 decently convincing i mean it i made the lift the judges gave me three whites for it but it shouldn't have taken me taken me three attempts to make one of the one snatch it that way. It wasn't heavy. I just was not there technique wise, which is okay. You live and you learn. I know there are there are a lot of obvious improvements and changes that need to be made for my snatch, which are already kind of in the works. I'm taking about a month off now. Uh, from dedicated, very focused weightlifting training to just do some bodybuilding and catch back up on a lot of the muscles I've neglected over the last few years. But anyway, that's another story for another episode. I followed up the snatch. I was, I believe, tied for the heaviest clean and jerk open at 145, 320 American units, freedom units. And I was incredibly antsy to get out there and do that I did not let myself rest enough in between even with just a five minute break between snatch and clean and jerk for the session I was antsy I was bursting at the seams with energy just because that's how I do things I take a little bit longer in warm-ups during training but that day I didn't need it thankfully I just know mentally it messed with me a tiny bit finally I get out there I'm the second to last clean and jerk opener. That's the best I've ever hit 300 pounds or above, let alone my absolute max, which is 145. My all-time clean PR was 150 that I had hit about six months prior at three kilos based on weigh-ins, about five kilos body weight extra. But nailed 145. That's, again, the best clean and jerk I've ever done. Then there were about five or six attempts before my second. My goal after snatches was to still hit a 270 kilo total. So I wanted to hit 157 in the clean and jerk ultimately. Second attempt was at 152. After everything that all the 
other attempts played out, I ended up having to, I was in a situation where I would be following myself, but we stuck with 152, 335 freedom units, and wasn't my best clean ever. I got caught in the hole, but I was able to bounce out of it pretty easily, a lot easier than I've bounced out of even lighter cleans in the past. And I had the jerk decently well overhead, but for whatever reason, probably because I haven't filmed from good angles or I haven't had to worry about it at lighter weights in training, my jerk was off balance. I put a lot of weight on the outside of my front foot. So when I was at way more than maximal weight, I fell. I was just completely off balance and missed that. Wanted to bounce back up and just go for another one. Bought myself a little bit of extra time since I was following myself. So instead of two minutes, after changing some weights, making some changes and declarations, whatever you want to call it, we worked up to 155, so 341 American standard pounds, American standard weights. And yeah, that was just my worst attempt at a clean, at a max clean that I've ever done. I made contact barely above the knee, it felt like. And I can, I guess, hang my head or pat myself on the back for how close I was to getting underneath it. Despite such a low contact, I still got a whole lot of height on that bar. So there's a little confidence boost there going into future heavy clean attempts. But it just wasn't to be on that day. So I technically ended up finishing 22nd in the total with a 258 as a 102. I only weighed in at a 100.45, but that's close enough that it wasn't like I was starving myself or anything. I'm pretty happy with how I made weight. It always helps to not drink. I know that's one of my biggest weaknesses into when trying to cut weight. But there's your Arnold recap. And so the other big thing that's going on right now in, in the world, you know, the Catholic world, the important world, my faith life, all of our faith lives, is Lent. Lent started a little over a week and a half ago. What was it? March 2nd? So really not that long ago. I was thinking it was a lot more recent than that, or a lot less recent. But anywho, Lent's been interesting this year. I thought I was going to give up more than I have, but it seems like the Lord is calling me to pray better than I ever have before. That there's a lot of other things that I've already been fasting from and battling this year, this these last year and a half. So it seems like I wasn't called to give up as much. Sure, I'm still fasting from meat on Fridays, and there's been a lot of extra prayer added and a lot more focus on renewal and union with the Lord and just letting him restore me. We interrupt this reflection for a sip of the Wise Man Bourbon from Kentucky Owl. Definitely some interesting flavors in there. I'm looking at a review I don't quite, I taste what I consider honey, but this review seems to think it was more of a toffee or a caramel flavor, but I definitely agree with the notes that this thing has about a muted raspberry, 
I can't necessarily taste any sort of wood finishes. They'll say oak or maple or something of that sort, or maybe a toasted, but I definitely get a taste of muted raspberry. There's just something that screams pink or red when I sip this, so I'm pretty okay with that. It's not my favorite, but I'm glad that I was able to pick up a somewhat harder to find bottle than I've seen. I know that their Kentucky Owl is not very common here in Ohio. I don't know very many people who've even heard of them in my bourbon circles. So I want to compare that to the Rabbit Hole Cave Hill, which it, I thought is pretty interesting because it's a four grain rather than your usual two or three grain whiskey. 75% or 70% corn, 10% malted wheat, 10% honey malted barley, and then 10% uh, malted bar barley. Wow, that is a hard phrase to say. Maybe I've had a little too much whiskey tonight. I don't know. My tolerance is down, that's for sure. But we're going to take a little sip of this, see what kind of flavors we pick up. I'm reading through the tasting notes of this as well, and I would say that I pick up on some sort of vanilla, and I can also agree with honey, but... This thing says I should be expecting orange, which maybe I'm confusing vanilla and orange because I love orange vanilla creamsicle kind of flavors. Yeah, I definitely get honey vibes similar to with the last, with the wise man where I was getting the sense of someone yelling red at me. I get the sense of someone yelling gold at me with the cave hill. So I like both of those. They're pretty similar proof points. Uh, the Cave Hill is 95 proof, so 47.5%, while the Wise Man is... The one review I'm looking at says 90.8, but I know mine is 45%, so whatever the math is there. I guess that would be it. Yeah, 90. Jeez, I am terrible at math off the top of my head sometimes. Lent has been interesting. I've been looking for the Lord to restore me, and that was an intentional choice of words because I'm following along with a devotional written by Sister Miriam James called Restore. That's her book talking about Lent. And so far there's been a lot of emphasis and revelation regarding trusting in the Lord and actually opening up and giving myself to him, which is something that I struggle with because I've known that I want to grow. I've known that I desire to let him change me and improve me. But at the very same time, I'm so hesitant and so afraid to because I'm afraid of what that change will do. How far out of my comfort zone that will take me. And so I'm looking forward to letting the Lord transform me in that, that and many other ways during this Lent. And there's one other big thing that I'm looking forward to in this Lent. I'm not going to give any spoilers as to when it is, but I did tell my girlfriend, Gavi, that at some point during March or April and during Lent, I would be proposing to her. Just keep saying prayers for that, anyone who's listening, and just help us both to make an informed decision with the Lord. And so, yeah, I'm going to do another sip of both the Wise Man and the Cave Hill. But that's about it for this episode. I just want to thank you for listening and pairing with the awkward silences and stutters. Second sip of the 
of the wise man definitely tasted a little grainier. Maybe that's just because I'm going back and forth and my tongue can't pick it apart anymore. Definitely a fan of the Cave Hill. I think it has a lot better, bigger flavors at the beginning. But the Wise Man has a much better finish. It's a lot smoother throughout. The Cave Hill kind of turns to static after the first few seconds. Or after the, yeah, first few seconds of the Swallow. So yeah, there's a whole lot packed into a 20-minute episode. It's not even going to be that long by the time this goes live. And so just know that I'm praying for you. And I ask for continued prayers again on the discernment aspect of Lent for me. And if you have anything that you wanted to receive prayers about, please send me a message again Send me a follow, please, if you're interested, but also send me a message on Instagram at the Biblical Bourbon Freak. Again, my name is Eric Cawthorn. Have a blessed day.